My name's Greg Knapp. This is the Greg Knapp Experience. Were you listening to President Biden today at his presser? Maybe you heard it on the top of the hour news updates. And look, I'm, I'm, it pains me to say that America is being led by this guy because I don't think he is. And I'm not alone. 51%, according to Rasmussen, now believe that President Biden is not really making his decisions, that somebody else is making them for him. 51%. 20% of Democrats. And I'm listening to him talk, and he reminds me of my deceased uncle, my great-uncle Curtis, great guy, had a stroke near the end of his life. And so we kind of talk like this and everyone, you know, it'd be a little bit of a slur in his words. And sometimes you forget what he was saying and start over again. That's Biden, man. Listen to him. There's this underlying slur going on. He can't quite articulate his words anymore. He starts an idea and can't finish it. He can't remember things. You know, he actually said that, you know, it's it's not like we still have troops in Syria, you know. Um, Yeah, we do. We have 900. Well, it's not like we still have troops in Iraq, you know, working on, we got to get them out sometime. Uh, yeah, we still do, actually. We, you don't even know that we have troops in Syria? I wasn't going to talk about him all day. We got other things to talk about. I'll come back to him. But it's unbe- unbelievable that he was out there today. Oh, rest assured, we're going to get every American out. Really? Because a couple days ago, you told us, hey, if they can get to the airport, maybe. You had your White House spokesperson say, hey, if they can get to the airport, we can get them out by August 31st. Now, all of a sudden, we're getting them all out, huh? Really? How? Are we extracting them? Because you had your people telling telling CNN, well, we're not going to go door to door. I mean, going out into the city and extracting people from a building. I mean, that's going to cause all kinds of violence and loss of lives on both sides. So now are we going to do that? COVID is still out there. So we need to get back to what we were doing, right? We got a lockdown. We got to we got to put on masks. We've we've got to put up the plastic shielding. Well, the more we find out in these studies, the more we're learning that's that's probably not the right thing to do. Case in point, the plastic COVID shields that went up everywhere. And remember during the election, President Biden, then candidate Biden, we, we got to get more money in these schools so they can put up these plastic shields all over the place. You know, we got to we got to find these dividers. And uh, well, putting up those dividers not only may not help, it may make things worse. How? Well, The New York Times explains it, that it comes down to ventilation. I remember when this whole COVID thing first started, there was this study out of Japan that made a whole lot of sense to me. And we, we've been doing it at our house. Ventilation. You need to have a way for the COVID droplets to get out. And if you have good ventilation, you can get them all out of there in about 15 minutes. So they never like settle and get so bad at such a level that it makes you sick. Cause there has to be a certain number of the droplets to make you sick. Right? So the Japanese study showed that if you just had the door open, it'd be like 30 minutes and the stuff would go out. If you had the door open and a fan next to the door, it could be 15 minutes. And so if you did that, it would really reduce the chance of you getting sick, even if somebody, you know, came in with COVID. So, you know, maybe you crack a window, you get the fan going, you open a door and you get that going. It's one of the reasons they think so few people have actually gotten COVID on the airplanes because, and I didn't know this till COVID, I always thought, well, why do people get sick on airplanes? It's horrible, right? Well, evidently they recycle and filter that air really well, that that ventilation, it could be one of the safer places to be if you're going to, you know, be in a, 
crowded area for COVID. But this is what they're finding. Under normal conditions in stores, classrooms, offices, exhaled breath particles disperse. And they're replaced by fresh air every 15 to 30 minutes, depending on the ventilation. Exactly what I was talking about. But when you put these plastic barriers up, you can change the airflow in a room and disrupt it so that you don't get ventilation. You don't get new air coming in and you create dead zones where these aerosol particles can build up. And as they build up and become more concentrated, that's when they can be in a concentration that can get you sick. Now, in some situations, it can help. All right, so you got the plastic shield up and somebody goes, and, you know, they sneeze on it. Okay, that helped you. You didn't get the sneeze particles right into your mouth. That's great. I love that. However, the COVID particles are so little that they just float right over and around the plastic barrier. It doesn't help. They can even, the ones that don't float over and around it can actually become trapped and highly concentrated. And that's bad for you. So a study in June, Johns Hopkins, showed that desk screens in classrooms were associated with an increased risk of coronavirus infection. Researchers found plexiglass dividers with sidewalls in the main office impeded the airflow at the school. A study looking at schools in Georgia found that desk barriers had little effect on the spread of the coronavirus. And before the pandemic, a study in 2014 found that office cubicle dividers, you know, us sitting in cubicles, among the factors that may have contributed to disease transmission during a TB outbreak in Australia. But see, I wonder if, if you put that up a, a, a month ago on Twitter. You said, hey, I think these plastic dividers might be bad because of ventilation. Would you have been taking down because you were pushing misinformation? Right? I mean, they did it to Senator Rand Paul. Senator Rand Paul, his YouTube video from the floor of the Senate, they took down. His YouTube video where he said, you know, these cloth masks that you can buy over the counter, they have virtually no impact. That's absolutely true. And they took it down for misinformation. The K95 masks are really the only ones that have been proven to be effective at all. And yet he's taken down from Twitter. You know, kind of like when they there's no way that this could have come from a lab. And if you said it was, you were taken down from Twitter. Now they're all saying, yeah, it probably came from a lab. But we're not allowed to debate this. We're not allowed to talk about it. the The Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, those are our betters. They're the elite. They get to decide what the truth is. Not you, bucko. No, 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 no. And I mean, you know, sure, usually vigorous debate is how you get rid of things that aren't true. You know, kind of like when they said that the sun revolves around the earth and anybody who said it wasn't was pushing misinformation or, or maybe that, you know, there's these little things that you can't see called germs that can get people sick. So when we're going to do surgery, we should probably wash our hands first. Oh, that's crazy. That's misinformation. I mean, everything we know about science used to be misinformation. So then we move to masking in the schools. You know, this is the big thing. Should we demand the mask again? And uh, Governor DeSantis in Florida, Governor Abbott in Texas, they're saying, no, you, you should not have the right to force these children and teachers to wear masks. If you want to, if you're the parent and you want your kid to wear a mask, no problem. If you're the teacher and you want to wear a mask, no problem. But we should not have this ability to take away the right of a child to go to in-person school and not have a mask on. And somehow the Biden administration Listen to what the Biden administration is doing. All right, remember, the Tenth Amendment was great when Trump was in office. Oh, yeah, states' rights, states' rights, states' rights. But now that Biden's in office, 
There are no states' rights. Biden gets to tell you what to do. So Biden's trying to do everything he can to stop DeSantis and stop Abbott in Florida and Texas from giving freedom to the parents on what they want their kids to do. Now, I know some people say, well, Greg, what about uh, DeSantis? Uh, local control. That's conservative. Why didn't he let the school boards decide? I have no problem using power to give people more freedom. I would much rather have my governor step in and tell these local school boards, you don't have the right to force these little kids to wear masks. That I have no problem with. How about you? Using power to give people freedom is a good thing. You realize right now, children under the age of 17 account for 0.06% of COVID-19 deaths in the United States. That's from the Center for Disease Control. The flu kills more children right now. Now, it may change in the future because more and more children are getting it. So even if it's a very, very tiny percentage of children who die, if, if, if you have, I don't know, if you have 50 million kids get it, then there's going to be more children dying. I grant, I, grant that, I grant you that. I get it. But right now, more children are dying from the flu every year than die from COVID. So why haven't we done the same thing for the flu? Because we know that we can't. There, there, there is no 100% bubble boy society. I mean, more children drown in buckets. Did you know this? More children every year drown in buckets than die from handgun um, from a handgun. And yet, I don't see the big bucket campaign because it's emotional. This is virtue signaling by our so-called betters that they're doing something and you're not. So finally, we've got some doctors coming out and saying, no, this is dumb. Masks are not as effective against the coronavirus as some have claimed. In fact, evidence shows the masks are not an effective measure against the virus for children, the risk of virus for the children is very small, and masks can have a substantial downside for children. I'll tell you this. My, my wife teaches first grade, and last year it was mandated that all the children wear masks. First grade, six-year-olds. And you think a six-year-old is going to keep his mask on all day without touching it? I mean, think about that. Remember, Fauci's the first one that said, you know, masks can be kind of bad because if you're messing around with it and you're touching it all the time, your fingers could actually be infecting yourself. The kids are constantly touching their masks. Half the time, they're pulling them down to talk to each other. My wife said last year, every once in a while, boys that were friends with each other, they'd pull down the mask and blow in each other's face. And my wife's like, what are you, do you realize why we have the mask on? Put your mask on. Well, they're six years old. That's what kids do. They play around. They horse around. They don't know. They Hey, look, my mask is like a beard. And they'll pull it down under their chin. <laughs> yeah, they're six years old. But no, 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 it's, it's the cure-all. It's what we got to do. And, you know, it, it doesn't, it's not going to make it harder for them to learn. They don't need to see how you articulate words. They don't need to be able to put emotion to a facial expression. They don't need to be able to have good, uh, you know, relations face-to-face -face with their friends and peers. They don't have to worry about them getting depressed or having emotional or mental problems with this. No, 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 no problem at all. By the way, uh, we had private schools last year that didn't use masks, and there's no evidence that they had a higher outbreak of covid than the schools that were required to have masks. There's a study in Denmark, randomly assigned volunteers wore masks or not for up to two months, found no significant difference in COVID-19 infections among those who did not wear masks versus those who did. Uh-oh, you might take me down from Twitter now. I just said something that they'll say is misinformation. 
for children, especially young children, masks can cause problems in basic developmental, uh, in basic developmental learning, or emotions and language acquisition. Yep. By the way, the first vaccine maker that will get an emergency use authorization to vaccinate children aged five to eleven looks like it's going to be Pfizer. They say they'll be ready to submit data to the FDA in September. Well, I don't know why that should matter. I mean, the, the, the ones we're using right now haven't been approved yet. What? No, they haven't been approved. I love that, too. Like a doctor will say, you know, um, I've been using in, uh, ivermectin on my patients, and I've had some great success. That is not approved by the FDA. That is, you're right. I've had some success with uh, hydrochloroquine uh, with some of my patients. That is not approved by the FDA for that. You're right. You know what else isn't approved by the FDA? The vaccines. Well, that's different. Because we say so. All right. I Look, by the way, I had the vaccine. I'm not against the vaccine. I'm pro-vaccine. Um, I'm pro-medicine. But I'm against you trying to tell me what I can or cannot do. I'll tell you something. I just saw another thing about, uh, uh, where was it? I forget which state it was, where they're having more and more people at the hospital. And they're like, you know what we might do? If, if our hospitals get too crowded, we, we might start to say, we might start to triage. And if you're coming to the hospital and you haven't been vaccinated, you might not get a room. We're, we're going to give the room to the person who's been vaccinated. But, you know, what you really should do is just stay home until you get very, very, very sick and it's an emergency, all right? Don't come unless you're very, very sick. What? Wait till I'm almost dead and then come to the hospital? This sounds like a great plan. I'll tell you my plan in a second. My name's Greg Knapp. This is the Greg Knapp Experience. President Biden gave a little press today. I think he took four questions, and I'm, I'm reading through this transcript, and oh, my word. I mean people that claim that Trump lied, Trump did a lot of exaggerations and a lot of, oh, nobody's been better than me. Oh, even does like several thousand people. But th these are lies about things like, oh, Americans aren't in trouble getting to the airport. We we've had no reports of Americans having a hard time getting to the airport. What? What? Yeah, and, and the allies don't think we've lost any credibility. Uh, does, does he think you're stupid? I mean, really, this is 1984 in 2021 where... It's all newspeak. You're just told what to listen to and what, what the truth is. And, and if we don't think what you're saying is the truth, we'll tell you it's a lie, it's misinformation. We'll, we'll block you from all social media. We'll do everything we can to shut you up. If the far left hates you, they'll call you a racist or a Nazi, and they will cancel you and or dox you and or attack you physically. Uh, you know, we'll shut you up one way or the other, man. Wow. All right, so I'm going to get you all that. But we were talking about this mass thing. And the fight between the federal government and the state government and the local government and Governor DeSantis in Florida saying, hey, I want freedom. I want to let the parents decide if their kids are going to wear masks. So you can wear a mask to school, but we're not going to force you to wear a mask to school. And the Biden administration, oh, yeah, we're going to do everything we can. We're going to de deny you funding for K through 12. We get to say whether you wear a mask or not. And DeSantis finally just had enough. Listen to what he said. Listen to this. Politicians want to force you to cover your face as a way for them to cover their own asses. That's just the truth. Oh. They want to be able to say they're taking this on and they're doing this, even though it doesn't, it's not, it's not proven to be effective. They want to continue to do it. It's not proven to be effective for children. And look, here's the thing. If you're a doomsayer and you lock down and you mandate masks and you mandate vaccines and, you know, it, and, and you still have problems like we're having all across the country well hey you did everything you could and everything that the so-called experts told you to do but did you because what about the harm you did to our freedom to depression suicide substance abuse the harm you did to our economy that 
that doesn't get figured in. And by the way, the more we're learning, the more we're learning this stuff actually doesn't work. You know, except for the vaccine. My name's Greg Knapp. This is the Greg Knapp Experience. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, we've still got what's going on in our schools, including this whole critical race theory being taught. And, and of course, the left, there's no critical race theory. You guys are just making this up. This is some kind of right-wing boogeyman because y'all are a bunch of racists. And they say, well, what about this, 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 and this that you see in the school? Well, that's not really critical race theory because it's not being taught at the law school. But all these things are based on critical race theory. Well, I mean, maybe, but, you know, that's because that's because America's racist. So you just don't want to admit that America is systemically racist. But wait a second. I thought you just said that CRT was not in the schools. Well, it's not technically in the schools, but uh, you being upset that it's in the school shows that you're a racist. What? So I want you to hear this. This is a man that stood up at the Colorado Springs school board meeting. And this is this is the only thing that's working is that finally regular Americans are getting tired of the far left using a Twitter mob to rule America. They're finally getting tired of people who claim to be anti-fascist who are truly fascist. They're finally getting tired of a group that claims to care about all lives and, and, and they call themselves Black Lives Matter when so many of them turn to violence and call everyone else a racist. Finally getting tired of being told that if you believe everyone should be treated equally under the law, that that makes you a racist. Finally getting tired of that and having things taught in school that are pitting one kid against another simply because of their race. Finally getting tired of being told that we need to resegregate because minorities need a safe space of their own when we fought a civil war over slavery and segregation so that we could all be one. Finally getting tired enough to stand up at the school board meetings and tell them enough is enough. And if you don't stop it, we're voting you out and we're putting other people in. And this happens to be an African-American father in Colorado Springs. And I want you to listen to him speaking to the school board about critical race theory in the schools. I am the direct descendant of the North American slave trade. Both my parents are black, all four of my grandparents are black, all eight of my great-great-grandparents, all 16 of my great-greats. On my mother's side, my ancestors were enslaved in Alabama. On my father's side, we were enslaved in Texas. I am not oppressed. I'm not oppressed, and I'm not a victim. I'm neither oppressed nor a victim. I travel all across this country of ours. And I check into hotels, and I fly commercially, and I walk into retail establishments, and I order food in restaurants. I go wherever I want, whenever I want. I am treated with kindness, dignity, and respect, literally from coast to coast. I have three children. They are not oppressed either, although they are victims. I've taught my children they are victims of three things. Their own ignorance, their own laziness, and their own poor decision-making. That is all. I love this guy. My children, we are not victims of America. We are not victims of some unseen 190-year-old force that kind of floats around in the ether. Putting critical race theory into our classrooms is taking our nation in the wrong direction. Racism in America would by and large be dead today if it were not for certain people and institutions keeping it on life support. And sadly, sadly, very sadly, one of those institutions is the American education system. I can think of nothing more damaging to a society than to tell a baby born today 
that she has grievances against another baby born today simply because of what their ancestors may have done two centuries ago. There is simply no point in doing that to our children. And putting critical race theory into our classrooms in part does that. Putting critical race theory into our classrooms is not combating racism. It's fanning the flames of what little embers are left. I encourage you to support this resolution. Let racism die the death it deserves. And let's keep living the life of country. That is so good. That is so good. And I just wanted you to hear the whole thing. And there are people like this father of three, a descendant of slaves, who are standing up and saying that America is not systemically racist. You are preaching to our kids racism. And it's got to stop. And it worked. The school board voted three to two to ban critical race theory. Love it. Hey, let me talk to Aspen. Aspen wanted to jump in and give an opinion on what's going on with President Biden in Afghanistan. Aspen. So, yeah, I was uh, just curious if you have any perspective. So, yeah, the Afghanistan withdrawal, absolute disaster. Everyone's been talking about it. Trump, uh, um, Obama, everyone's saying we got to get out of Afghanistan. It's been almost 20 years now. Um, I mean, this is probably always bound to be a disaster, but I'm, I'm always curious how it gets blamed on the current administration. Um, and I'm not blaming George W., but it was started by George W. So, you know, it's kind of like we have this short term memory loss. No, 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 no. Hold on, because I think you're conflating two things. Uh, you haven't been listening okay. to the whole show, obviously. I I am. I wish we were out in 2002. OK, so I am 100 percent fine with getting us out. But when you get out. Al, don't you don't you get the Americans out first, the allies out second, all the military equipment out third and make sure they don't take over your bases before you leave? Uh, Yeah, it's kind of I mean, it's definitely it's kind of ridiculous. Um, All right. I mean, mean, so that's that's the point. It's not whether we should be out or not. Yeah, I think we should be getting out. But the way you do it is you don't leave thousands of Americans behind. You don't you don't let them surround the airport. You don't make it so that the French and the British are going in and extracting their citizens from the city. But we won't go in and save our own. Al, come on. Do you think it was a do you think it was just a bad call to go in in the first place and try and manipulate a country's politics or two things? Again, those are those are two different questions. If you ask me, we had to go in and kill the terrorists and find Osama bin Laden. Right. Shock and awe, though, should have been not just look what we can do and we can pinpoint this in here. If I was in charge, shock and awe is look at all the caves we just blew up. We're leveling some of these mountains. Now we're going and we're taking as many terrorists out as we can. We got us on Milan. All right. Hey, guess what, guys? You attacked us. We came. We wiped these guys out. We'll be back if this happens again. This mess is all up to you because this is your country. We out. That's what I would have done. Right. But here we are 20 years later. Um, I agree. Yeah, and, no, and, and there's plenty of blame for being there 20 years, Al, but there's only one person to blame for how this went down. And that was Joe Biden, because he was told by his generals this would happen. He was told by intelligence, yeah, this is probably not going to go well. And how in the world do you not get everybody out before you remove the military? We had 2,500 people in there for the last 18 months, 2,500 soldiers. The last 18 months, we had zero fatalities of American soldiers in combat. So something was working, Al, and you don't just rip it all out before you get our own people out. 
right? Don't you think that the president administration, who, regardless of who it is, though, has intelligence that we don't have and makes decisions for reasons that we don't understand and we kind of sit back here and criticize? I mean, don't get me well, wrong. Well, it's pretty easy to criticize, like, Al, when you see the results, right? Thanks yeah. for the call. But at some point, you have to say the results speak for themselves. And by the way, the intelligence people are saying, you know, the ones who are coming out are saying, yeah, that's not what we told them. Of course, anybody knew this. Why, why do you think Trump didn't pull us out right away? Why didn't, even Obama, Obama wanted to get out of Afghanistan. He was never even in on that. And you know why he didn't? Because he was told if we do, this is what's going to happen. And Trump was told the same thing. So they were all trying to figure out ways to do that without letting everything go to hell. And yes, I don't think there's, there was any way you're going to pull out that the Taliban didn't end up taking over a majority of that country. My point is not that. My point is you get the Americans out. You get the allies out. You get the weaponry out. You, you certainly don't leave these beautiful military bases for the Taliban to move into. You may have to blow those up. Oh, you can't do that. That's a billion dollars. You're going to leave it for the enemy? That's what we're talking about. It's not this false choice of, well, what, would you rather stay in there forever? That's what Biden is trying to make you believe the choice was. The choice wasn't we stay forever or we pull out and let everything go to hell. The, the choice was, can we get out with the minimal amount of damage? And could we even maybe, I don't know, maybe leave some air support so the Afghan army had a chance against the Taliban? 800-801-8999 gets you on the program. 800-801-8999. Wait till you hear what's going on with the illegal alien situation. You know, yeah, our border is open and it's crazy what's going on right now. And now we have a judge, good and bad news from, from judges. One good ruling, one bad ruling. My name's Greg Knapp. This is the Greg Knapp Experience. Something's wrong with the president too, isn't there? I mean, you look at how crazy this has been. Um, he's insisting on things that just aren't true. He doesn't know things he should know, like we actually do have troops in Syria. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff that was left on the cutting room floor from ABC News that we're finally getting uh, access to that looks bad. That interview was horrible. Monday, he gives a speech where he just reads from a teleprompter, doesn't answer anybody. Today, he only takes four questions. I mean, he, he's he's in Delaware half the time. There's a reason that 51% of America doesn't think he's actually in charge. So we're going to get into all that. Meanwhile, okay, here's what's going on with the illegal alien situation. I got good news and bad news from judges. What do you want first? Bad news. Yeah, I'm a bad news guy first. Okay, so here we go. This is U.S. District Judge Miranda Dew, an Obama appointee in Nevada. And the question in this case was on Gustavo Carrillo Lopez, a Mexican illegal alien. You can't call him illegal alien. That's like the N-word. No, illegal alien is actually a technical legal term out of our federal law. Sheesh. So the Mexican illegal alien who had been detained and deported multiple times, going all the way back to 1999, repeat offender. There's a section of our law, 1326, that turns being here illegally into a felony if you've been deported and you came back again. So they had him dead to rights. So guess what he did? His attorney challenged the constitutionality of the law. On what? You ready? Racism. Racism? Wait, does, does that section 1326 only apply to Mexican illegal aliens? No. Only to brown illegal aliens? No. 
1326 applies to anyone who is not an American citizen who comes from any country in the world. England, Sweden, Denmark, Norway, Australia, Germany, any country in Africa, any country in South America, any country in Asia, uh, you know, wherever you come from, if you come illegally and you're deported and you come back again, then you can be charged with a felony under Section 1326. But no, 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 no. This judge agreed. This law goes all the way back to 1929, by the way. Never found unconstitutional before. It's been revisited by both Congress and the courts. In fact, Congress strengthened its penalties multiple times. Jas Shaw reporting on this today. And yet this U.S. District Judge found the law based on racist, nativist roots. Quote, anybody who works in federal courts knows the statute. This is Franny Forsman, retired longtime chief of the Public Defender's Office. There really are a large number of cases that have been brought over the years under that section. They're mostly public defender cases. But why is it racist? Well, because it disproportionately impacts Mexicans. The judge notes that the government does not dispute that Section 1326 bears more heavily heavily on Mexican and Latinx individuals. Um, yeah, I wonder why. Racism? Is there any other reason? Nope, has to be racism. I mean, is there any possibility that there's another reason that there are more Mexican nationals coming here illegally under 1326 than there are, say, from Australia? Nope, has to be racism. Couldn't be that we share a border with them, could it? <laughs> oh man yep that's gotta be it so hopefully that'll be appealed and that that woman should be disbarred i mean that is not what a federal judge is supposed to do on the other side federal judge now um hurting what biden was trying to do in opening our borders see back in february the biden administration guided our ice agents to say they could only arrest illegal aliens for three things Three categories. Those who pose a threat to national security, those who have crossed the border since November 1, and those who have committed aggravated felonies. Now, the problem is there are a lot of other reasons to arrest people who have committed different crimes. And because they were told not to, there was a drop in arrests and deportations and an increase in crimes and illegal crossings. But Judge Drew Tipton has stepped in, ruled that the policy from the Biden administration was in violation of congressional mandates. Oh, you mean Congress matters? You mean the people that actually write the law? Yep. It was in violation of congressional mandates and therefore couldn't do it. Louisiana and Texas filed the lawsuit, said they're likely to succeed in their claim that the policy has violated the Administrative Procedures Act. Because Louisiana and Texas said, man, this is hurting us. It's hurting us financially. We've got increased detention. We've got more education we've got to do for the illegal alien kids to come in. We've got more health care costs. It's hurting our interest in protecting our citizens from criminal illegal aliens. And so the judge said, yeah, the link between the Biden administration telling them they can't arrest these people unless they hit these three categories is hurting these states. So, hey, there's good news and there's bad news. And we bring you both. My name is Greg Knapp. This is the Greg Knapp Experience.